Hello and welcome to the Women's Edition, the podcast which celebrates women's stories. I'm Carla and I'm joined by women who share stories about their lives, experiences and challenges. So wherever you are, thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy their stories as much as I do. Hello and thank you for joining me again. I hope you're all well in lockdown wherever you are. We're in week seven of lockdown here in the Netherlands and they've just introduced a curfew so it doesn't look like anything's going to be lifting anytime soon but I am very thankful to have this podcast to keep my mind occupied. Can I just say a big thank you for such lovely feedback I've been getting about last week's podcast. It's been so uplifting to hear people's reviews and to see people sharing it so yes thank you so much it really really means a lot. There's a slight change of plan this week. I know I said at the end of last week's episode that I was talking to Sam McCourt, but actually this week I'm going to be talking to Debbie instead of Sam because when I recorded with Sam, we had a slight technical issue in that you can't hear Sam. So I knew I'd have some teething problems with starting a new podcast, but uh, that's all sorted now and we re-recorded yesterday. So we'll be hearing from Sam next week. So to continue this series theme of talking to women with their own business, I sat down and had a chat with my personal trainer, Debbie. Debbie has a third degree black belt in kickboxing. She's run four marathons. She's also completed the forces march six times, which is basically five marathons in five days. This woman is fit. Debbie runs her own fitness business called Fighting Fit Devon and she provides personal training, group sessions, box size, kickboxing and insanity. So I thought she'd be a great guest to get on the podcast and talk about how she started her business and personal training. Um, I met Debbie through word of mouth actually, a friend of mine, Julie. Hi Julie if you're listening. Um, I used to sit opposite Julie at work and she would always say on a Monday evening, oh come do box size this evening, it's so much fun. So one day, mostly to stop her asking me, really, to be honest, (laughs) I went along and I've never looked back. I loved it. I learned, you know, so much. I I was so strong from it. I learned how to punch, you know, right hooks, uppercuts. And most important for me, Debbie makes exercise fun. She pushes you. There's no relaxing in Debbie's classes, but you always have a laugh. And that's the most important factor for me in exercise is to have a laugh and have fun. Because if you don't enjoy it and don't look forward to doing it, don't do it. Like, I don't understand it. Like, people run and then they say they hate it. Don't run. Like, and then I know people who love running. So, you know, um, obviously exercise is good for you. And we should all be doing something like 150 minutes of exercise a week. And I'm not saying every moment is fun with Debbie. You know, when she makes you do one minute long planks, I am not loving that. But I think it's definitely important to find something that you like doing that you actually look forward to doing each week. And that's why I really like uh, Debbie's PT sessions and her insanity because she makes it fun. So I started box size and then Debbie was talking about something else she does called insanity. And I was like, what's that? And I absolutely love insanity. Insanity was thought up by Sean T. It's high intensity interval training, which is like bursts of high exercise followed by short breaks. And I loved it. I kept doing it when I was pregnant, actually, up to like, I think it was like 24 weeks. And that's when Debbie was like, I really don't think you should be doing this much longer. But now that Jasper's born, he's a bit older, I've started again. And because of lockdown, it's on Zoom, which is fantastic because it means everyone can still join in from home. 
So that's how I know Debbie and also why I thought of inviting her on the podcast because when I was thinking of women who own their own businesses, I can't think of many off the top of my head who work in fitness. So I did a bit of research and in 2016, there were nearly 14,000 registered personal trainers in the UK, but only 5,000 of them are women. So that's like around a third, 35%, which is better than it used to be when I was looking into this, but women still lag behind men when it comes to actually working in the fitness industry. So as I said about the podcast, I want it to be a space to open up conversations. And I really want to talk to Debbie because she is a woman in the industry. And I want to see what that's like, owning your own fitness business. Yep, it's working. Perfect. Shall we start from the beginning? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so let's start with introduction. Can you share a little bit about yourself? Sure. I'm Debbie. Um, I work in my business called Fighting Fit Devon. And um, what else? I have got lots of furry four-legged children. Um, I like to walk in the woods. I explore the West Country in my camper van, play music, um, do all sorts of things, in particular jumping up and down a lot. I like doing that. Yeah, I know you do. (laughs) Um, So tell us a bit about the story of Fighting Fit. So how did you come up with the idea why did you set it up and how did it all begin? Well, it was an accident. Well, <laughs> it was sort of an accident <laughs> with most things with me. I um, was already doing my personal training qualification just as a hobby because I exercise is my thing. And um, I was made redundant from my job and couldn't find anything out there. So basically with my qualification and nothing to do, I decided that instead of... Um, sitting about doing nothing and and worrying I set up my own business so just over nine years ago that's where it all began amazing and so how did you go about setting that up um well I just sort of um as I just blagged it really um I just thought right need to set up a business what do I do do I know people that want to get fit so I um knew a couple of people that said cool I wish you were my personal trainer and so I said to them do you want to do some personal training? And they said, yes, it was just a bit of a fluke, really. And um, I was already taking boxer size classes. And I already had my own kickboxing club. So it kind of morphed and developed. And because I had time on my hands, I had more time to sort of sort out marketing and get word of mouth out there. And um, yeah, it just, it just gradually appeared as a thing. And did you face any challenges along the way? Oh, gosh, yes, because starting up a business is not easy. And I know people always say that, oh, being self-employed is not easy. Um, Starting up a business isn't. And until you get some clients and then word of mouth to other people that, you know, actually you can do the job okay, um, it's it's tough. And mainly financially, that's that's the biggest, biggest thing, is just trying to afford to live. And also spend time on, on putting yourself out there, as it were. And what do you love about it, being self-employed and your job? Oh, what do I love about it? The fact that 
most people moan about Monday mornings, but I have a nice gradual break into the day, do a bit of admin and then start my job. And it's about having control over what you're doing rather than being told what to do all the time. And and to be honest, I'm not very good at being told what to do. Um, So if I'm telling myself what to do, then that's okay. That's actually was my next question is like, how do you keep motivated? Oh, well, I'm I'm pretty tough on myself, you know, <laughs> it's, um, sit down and do some work. Um, no, I am. I'm quite work orientated, though. I always have been. Um, work for me is one of life's pleasures. Um, and it sounds very strange. But also when you're working for yourself, that's amazing, isn't it? You know, it's like, yes, I can do all these things today. I'll, I'll sit down on a Sunday evening and and schedule marketing posts for a month it's um although it seems a bit tedious i find it exciting because it means that i'm putting fitness out there in the world and what's been one of your biggest success stories in terms of uh, your clients like changing someone's routine or their fitness levels oh i've got i've got two kind of examples for this if you're up for it um yeah i took on some I do an event every year called the Forces March, which is five marathons in five days. And it's kind of like my annual busman's holiday. But I took um, four of my clients on a day of the Forces March each. So each person, basically, I got them up to, to do a marathon. So that's four individual people did um, a marathon with me a day on it. So that, for me, was a real big deal. You know, they went from from an hour in the park with me to climbing some epic hills in Somerset. Um, the other one I've got is um, I train an 80-year-old man. Well, he's, he's more than 80, but I won't, I won't spill the beans on his age and train him and his wife. And when they first started with me a few years ago, his balance was quite bad. He'd have to hold on when exercising. And now, like a few years on, even though he's older, he can stand on one leg and not wobble, which I think is great. It's those little things that are, are the win for me. Um, what's your process for creating these workouts and, say, box size or your PT sessions? I have a crazy imagination, I think, to be honest. Um, I, I like writing as well. And so creating and writing things for me and making things um, amusing, not too tiresome and not demoralising all have to be included. And because I've got this strange creative brain I love to just sit down and go oh what can I put down together today I quite like to make things entertaining and amusing and not demoralizing for my clients I I think sometimes if you start giving people things they really hate doing they're not going to want to train with you whereas if you give people things that are exciting to them then they want to come back for more Um, so I like to create different things for them all the time your body needs that change every week and so I write down what I think I'm going to do with them and then I'll try it myself and I'll put my fitness tracker on and see if I burn any calories or if I find it too hard I definitely remove it from the workout if I find it too easy I change it about a bit so just um I just like to be creative just always changing things for people yeah that sounds familiar (laughs) (laughs) you probably have never done the same workout more than once with me so no, definitely not. <laughs> um, so we're in, what, third lockdown now? Um, if someone was listening and they were thinking of using this time in the third lockdown to get fit, what advice would you give them? Ooh. Oh, crikey. Um, there are so many different ways to get fit. So it depends what what you personally like. I mean, obviously, walking, where everyone's allowed to go outside for their exercise. So 
Walking is just so beneficial. Fresh air, uh, nature, all the things. Really, really good. Um, but rebounder. Mini trampolines. Um, they're my go-to because you can be inside and it's raining outside and you can watch a bit of telly and bounce around for an hour. Um, or investigate online workouts. Um, I do most of my workouts online at the minute and I just think it's brilliant. Yeah, I was going to te- ask you that actually. Like, How has lockdown affected your business? How have you had to evolve? Um, well, basically, I've, <laughs> I've done better for lockdown, which I feel a bit mean saying because there are businesses out there that haven't survived it. But I've, I've really, really done well through it. Um, I originally launched virtual personal training uh, over three years ago when a client from Devon moved to London. And um, so we used to FaceTime. Uh, She didn't want to change her trainer. She wanted to keep me. And so I literally the transition from actual to virtual was no big deal for me. It was very, very easy process. It was just convincing my clients to do the same. Well, I've loved it in the Netherlands. (laughs) <laughs> exactly exactly I think uh, you're my my first client there <laughs> <laughs> love it um I had a look at some PT facts and the split between male and female trainers used to be about 80 20 and now it's around 65 percent male and 35 percent female why do you think women are getting into fitness and becoming personal trainers more now than they used to oh well I think that's easy um because more women are doing all sorts of things that they never did before now and we find that we can and we're strong enough and committed enough to do it and men aren't scared of us doing those things now they're actually letting us get on with it and doing something other than washing up (laughs) (laughs) and um, this is actually a new question I came up with this morning after looking at your um, Facebook post is talking about women uh, do you train women any differently than you do men do you have to take into account hormones or whether they've had kids or anything like that oh my god absolutely um yeah that, that's the biggest difference um so you know being a, a woman that we are strange creatures we have our ups and downs and pains and bloating and all sorts of things going on that men don't have to put up with so um yeah if, if um somebody comes to me and they're like oh I'm on my my period can you go easy on me or you know whatever or they're a bit emotional that's the other thing that happens you know somebody might just burst into tears in a session and and and, and that's something we have to deal with um so yes definitely deal with women differently well I know you like to experiment <laughs> so we couldn't do this podcast without having discussed your latest fitness class sexercise <laughs> how did that come about oh do you really want me to be that blatant um <laughs> so I think you know we've all been there we've all been with somebody and you know in that situation in the bedroom and one or other of you has gone can we just change positions this is really hurting my wrists or my legs or that kind of thing I mean that's 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 the long and the short of it it's um exercise is about endurance it's about stretching strength it's about getting fit all those places that you need to for naughty purposes basically that's the long and the short of it <laughs> and you do this over zoom 
Yep, over Zoom. I think that's probably the best way to do it, to be honest. But um, <laughs> but the, the first five weeks you do just in your lounge, just, you know, as normal. And on the sixth week, I decided that I was going to take the whole routine to the bedroom because it's a whole different ball game. excuse the pun, to um, be on a bouncy mattress doing plank moves. So... <laughs> It went down a storm. It was really good. And I'm going to be bringing it back in March of this year because it was such fun. (laughs) Honestly, it's great fun. And it's a good warm up. We did it on a Saturday and it just gently warms you up and embraces you into the day. It's really, really good. I'm sure it does. Um, I also couldn't talk to you and not talk about Shaunti and Insanity because that's how we know each other, through Bokka Size and Insanity. Um, why did you choose Insanity Live as an instructor? It, it kind of chose me. <laughs> um, I Working at Sports Centre doing Boxer Size, the, uh, Mandy, who, who's there, said, um, would you consider going on a training course to become an Insanity Live instructor? And I didn't know there was such a thing as Insanity Live at the time. I knew about Insanity and I love Sean T. You know, he's he's my boss. He's he's the god of all things, jumpy up and down. And um, so I thought, well, I might as well go and do it. And there we go. <laughs> if someone's listening now and they think they've got what it takes to become a female PT, what kind of qualifications and experience do they need? What advice could you give them? Well, obviously, you need to do your personal training qualification. That's a given. Um, And that's kind of the easy bit. Um, I had years and years of sport and exercise experience um, within me when I became a personal trainer. So, you know, I, I started doing ballet at three, running at about seven years old. So I've exercised my entire life. But you need more than that. You need... You need to be patient, kind, caring. Uh, you definitely need empathy. And, you know, um, I guess life experience, it's, it's, it's all very well, you know, being 18 and keen and I've got a PT qualification, but sometimes you, you need a bit of history within you to be able to adapt to people's needs, if that makes any sense. No, it does, really does. It's like being a teacher, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. It's just, I guess, my, the biggest thing for me that I draw on when I am training people is the fact that um, I've got life experience. <laughs> Not saying that I'm old, but you know. <laughs> and you can bring humour to it as well. Oh, you have to. You have to. Because, you know, not everyone finds exercise as as exciting as I do. I don't know many people that find exercise as exciting as I do. <laughs> but um, I have to try and make that come across and humor is one of the best ways of doing that so where do you see fighting fit going what does the future bring for debbie oh that's easy um so this year fighting fit devon will be 10 years old and um with it i bring hopefully by then i would have completed my hypnotherapy diploma so rather than just fitness, exercise, nutrition, I'm going to be sorting out the whole person. So if somebody's got an eating issue or, or or some kind of past trauma or anything that is affecting their fat loss journey, um, basically 
can take it to all levels. So it's not just about shouting at somebody, getting you know, getting them sweaty. Not that I do that. I never shout at people. Well, sometimes. Sometimes the boys I shout at, but that's just me. Um, <laughs> but it's just, <laughs> it's just about bringing the whole person into the training, uh, working on all levels. So that's that's the future of Fighting Fit Devon. Oh, I love it. And finally, if someone's listening to this podcast and they've decided they're going to get Fighting Fit, how can they find you? I'm normally standing in the middle of a park pointing at somebody and looking at my watch. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but in all seriousness, I am out there on the old interwebby. Um, I've got Instagram account, Fighting Fit Devon. I'm on Twitter. And also I've got a website, fightingfitdevon.co.uk. Um, quite easy to find. And um, yeah. Amazing. Well, thanks, Debbie, for taking all this time to talk to me and the technical issues. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Carla. <laughs> <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> So there we have it. As you heard, lots of laughs throughout our conversation there. And that was also because of a few technical issues, but we kept it going. It was great. So thanks, Debbie. I think what I'm really hearing from these women who start their own businesses is that something's happened in their lives, a kind of, I don't know, catalyst for change, I suppose. And here, Debbie was made redundant. But instead of going with the status quo, she, like Anna last week, decided to start up her own business. And then 10 years down the road, she's still going strong. And I love that the podcast can provide a platform for women to tell these stories. I'm still going to do what I said. I'm writing a blog at the moment about the issues Anna and I spoke about last week. This is all still really new and I'm researching what the best platforms are for these articles to be on and things like that. It's all one big learning curve for me at the moment. Next week, I am definitely talking to Sam about her online news journal. Thank you again for listening and thank you again for all your lovely feedback. See you then. 